1: Hello, Alphas. Welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima experience. I am experiencing all of the things that brought a little flashback back to O.G.A.G., who likes to say all of the things. So today we have a we have a good show. We have a good show. I'm excited. I've said that probably in the 180 show, probably said it at least 50 times. But I do believe today we do have a great show. I. Um, how are you doing, Ashley?
2: I'm ambivalent.
1: You're ambivalent to what?
2: Um, life
1: and everything in it. Yeah,
2: everything in it. Uh, yeah, I'm just just hoping to feel every day.
1: Wait, let me let me inspire some feeling from you. You ready? Roomba.
2: Oh, that is nice. <laughs> a good place to be.
1: Roomba. <laughs> What's your love language? Vacuumed floors. That's that's actually good. Calms
2: me down. Is um, I watch videos of people organizing uh, cupboards and drawers. Oh my god, it's wonderful. I just like I said to my imaginary husband, I said, "Look, I am monogamous, but this woman, can we bring her in? Because, god dang, god dang,
1: I want to say." What I say, what's, what's the most uh, used words in our relationship?
2: Mm.
1: What do you think those are?
2: Um, is that true?
1: That can't be true.
2: It can't be true. Uh, <laughs> it definitely is true. And if you look at the people I follow on Facebook and Instagram, you will see that that is what I like.
1: Organizing <laughs> closets. All right. Do you learn from these things or what? Yeah.
2: I went out and bought so many storage things. Oh. And I've done some good work in this house, but I'm not home enough. And that's just upsetting. I need to hire one of these people. Come here, fix, fix me.
1: Wow. That's that's crazy. So be- before we before we jump into the show, we I I want to do uh something real quick. Um we had a, a former guest, Mark Clifford, and he's actually a very recent guest, right? This is like very recent guest sent to us by another guest who did it the suggest a guest, Autry James sent him to us and um over labor day he had a stroke uh and it's that's you know so we're stroke survivors together i guess now it's a it's a club you don't want to join but if it if it happens you need to be ready and uh mark wrote this thing and i asked him permission to read it it looks like it's a letter to the editor and actual paper so uh, I'm going to read this here. Uh, it's a nation discussion. A national discussion may save stroke victims. Strokes strike Americans in their prime at an alarming 28% increase, reports uh, Stanford Health. I know firsthand. Mine struck Labor Day morning as I was making breakfast for my family. It was as if an Alzheimer's bomb burst between my ears. Stroke possessed me with trouble seeing, speaking, and dizziness, and I was a leak leak, least, oh no, uh uh-oh, that is not what's happening now, and I was a least likely victim. I credit my recovery to knowing the warning signs and seeking immediate medical attention. Every 40 seconds, someone suffers a stroke in America. To put this into grave perspective, every 40 seconds, someone commits suicide in America. We talk a lot about suicide prevention, but have you ever considered stroke prevention? Learn the signs and speak to your doctor to see if you're at risk. Stroke awareness is stroke survival. Let's start a national discussion to change this lethal phenomenon that is impacting millions of victims and their loved ones, Mark R. Clifford. Uh, Thank you, Mark, for for doing that and bringing this back uh, to the forefront of our conversation. If you can do some research online to really dig in to this, uh, but one of the things I know the VA and the CDC put out there is this fast system. So it's easy to learn it's, uh, F for face, a arms, S speech, T time faces, ask the person to smile. If does one side of the thing drop arms, ask the person to raise both arms. Uh, does one arm drift forward? Ask the person uh, speech. Ask the person to r- repeat a simple phrase. Is the speech slurred or strange? Tea time. If you see any of these signs, call 911 right away. Also, note the time when any symptoms first appear and do not drive to the hospital or let someone else drive you. I violated that last one. My friend took me to the hospital. But as you, um, I, I guess if it ever happens again, uh i will consider an ambulance I, I ambulances that's so much you know i hate being the center of attention mm, so i don't know if i want an ambulance it, coming
2: like you don't want to you don't know how long it's going to take for the ambulance to get there and if you're somebody that wants to get something done and you're like i need to i need to go you, you are on to that thing so i can totally sympathize with you driving yourself i feel like i would also make that decision.
1: i didn't but- drive myself that would have been crazy
2: let somebody else drive you. Okay. <laughs> I just don't want you to beat yourself up about it because I feel like I would have done the same thing. So I'm glad that we're putting it out there. Call 911. I've also heard ask people to stick their tongue out. And if they, you say stick your tongue out to the left or the right. And if they're not able to do that, I, I actually uh, oh. do that with my husband sometimes. <laughs> uh, I do. <laughs> we practice these things. You know, you got to know. You got an older man, you got to work on it.
1: Okay. So yeah, we just wanted to, uh, I wanted to get, I wanted to get that out there. Um, and Ashley, you brought it up that you, you do practice these things with your husband, which means that you have an ideal United States Air Force marriage. And I I think mm-hmm. that our first topic today has something to do with that.
2: Okay. Let's, let's check that out. How a Hallmark movie's take on Air Force romance got cooperation From the Thunderbirds. Nothing could be more romantic, a more romantic setting than the United States Air Force, right? Hallmark movies and mysteries apparently thought so, as its latest romantic drama, Come Fly With Me, takes place at Nellis Air Force Base, home of the elite Thunderbirds demonstration team. The story is pretty simple. Captain Emma Blitz Fitzgerald. Heather Hemmons gets orders to Nellis to join the team. After moving to Las Vegas, Emma's daughter, Lucy, befriends a girl named Alice, who is under a doctor's constant care. They soon meet Alice's dad, Paul, Nile Matter, a civilian widower. So please don't email me about his beard, is what they wrote in (laughs) (laughs) military.com. The two have to ground themselves before entering the aircraft hangar because sparks fly immediately. Gross. Gross. (laughs) Oh god. Oh, spoilers below. So just in case any of you are spoiled by a Hallmark movie, just I think
1: I skipped I think I skipped the spoilers.
2: Okay. All right. Despite some setbacks and obstacles that had to be overcome, the movie ends with Paul and Emma getting married. Well, that I'll is that one. That's a big spoiler.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Holly's looking at us as if you don't you don't know that when the, <laughs> when he switched the channel to Hallmark. That's the spoiler.
2: Okay. Okay. All right. We're, we're back on track. Uh, they get married. Uh, they might get married in an unintentionally patent-themed ceremony. But first, there's lots of flying. While she may not secretly <laughs> be European royalty, this is still Hallmark, and someone is going to be swept off their feet. Dang it. Getting the Air Force to work with producers on Come Fly With Me was, as it turns out, a relatively simple endeavor. The filmmakers got access to the Thunderbirds and Nellis Air Force Base by putting in... A request. After looking at the script, the Air Force determined the film was in line with the service's values like any other script they might consider. The Department of Defense is only too happy to provide assistance to movie and television productions that it believes will tell the military story accurately without depicting the services in a negative way. Um, let's just back up on that sentence. Depict this military story accurately but also don't be negative because that wouldn't be accurate at all. <laughs> like What? (laughs) Each branch of service has its own entertainment liaison office that can provide access to bases, ships, aircraft, uniforms, personnel, and more. The U.S. Air Force is excited to partner with Hallmark Media and Front Street Pictures to bring a story that loosely showcases the pride, precision, and professionalism of our nation's elite air demonstration squadron, the Thunderbirds, said Lieutenant Colonel Derek Lee. Director of the U.S. Air Force Entertainment Liaison Office in a statement to Variety. That's awesome. You gonna watch it? Oh, so,
1: huh? You gonna watch it? I don't have cable, so um, unfortunately, yeah. just not gonna have to. Uh, I put the, I put the, <laughs> I did put the trailer, the preview into the show notes. So please, you know, you can decide for yourself if you want to watch it. They're a very handsome couple there on there. So, uh,
2: those flight suits look way too new, and they're not Thunderbirds flight suits, they're not tailored so that it shows off their butts.
1: I want this is so, this is taking me where I want to go. Okay, I want to know. Let's do this. Let's do this in two parts. One, what would it be like if for you and your husband to watch this together? I've seen you talk about how he watches regular military movies. Yeah. And two, is this is this romance on an Air Force base? Is this accurate? Because that's what the Air Force attempted. Uh, that's what their participation attempts to make happen.
2: Okay. Um, what would it be like for both of us to watch it? We, um, we would both hate it uh because it would have it probably had some sort of like kissing in it or some sort of emotional thing in there that would make me just walk out of the room and I couldn't take it and right. um, he likes more sci-fi stuff so he would uh and you know he's a heavy pilot you know he, he flies the um C5 C17 C130s that stuff so the when it comes to fighter pilots you're kind of just like all right whatever okay <laughs> Like, like, uh, all right, fine. We'll come. We'll give you fuel. Um, but is it accurate? I mean, based on this blurb that I read, there's a lot of military relationships that happen on on base. So yes, I would definitely say. And then there's rules for it, right? You can't but be on the. You can't fly on the same jet. Can't be in the same squadron if you're family. Things like that.
1: A general can't date a private. Like you just,
2: you I mean, you know, we flex the rules sometimes, but
1: no, not really. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but wouldn't you guys Shut sit and do it? Wouldn't you guys sit there and do what you just did with the uniforms and the
2: bring it all? Um, yeah, yeah. We we gotta you gotta rip it apart, right? You gotta rip. What's the point? Where's the fun in it? If you're not ripping, where's it? the
1: fun in it? Like I don't watch military movies with military people. I just can't. They can't because they won't, they don't let anything go. They but
2: are. Hold everyone to the fire.
1: <laughs> right. So, okay. And also I'm curious if they're in an air force base, how did they inadvertently have a patent themed thing?
2: I think that, I mean, did... how, how do you inadvertently do that to begin with? Um Right. We watched Patton and the dog that I had, he passed away. But when we put Patton on the the movie, the dog would not stop barking at the movie. And he was just anti-Patton. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, he never did it with any other movie, but it was that one.
1: I just, I don't understand it. All right. I don't understand a lot of things and I, I'm always willing to learn. And I'm going to try to learn from our guest today. Our guest today, we are going to be joined by Ivan A. Houston. Yes, his initials match the airport code of Houston, I.H. He was a design engineer and test driver of the Bradley fighting vehicle, MLRS, and Humvee military vehicle. You have to say the first one the way I did. If you don't say the Bradley, you're doing it wrong. It's actually spelled different, so you have to pronounce it that way. Ivan's father, Ivan James Houston, was a Buffalo soldier who served in Italy during World War II and wrote two books about his experiences during and after the war we're going to be right back with ivan a houston to talk to talk about how he continues to share his father's legacy we're going to do all of that with ivan after the break the american legion is raising awareness about ptsd and veteran suicide by offering hope camaraderie and support
0: be the one to help end veteran suicide
2: the goal of the American Legion's Be the One campaign is to destigmatize asking for mental health support.
0: Be the one to ask a veteran in your life how they're doing.
2: Be the one who saves one veteran.
0: Go to be the one.org and help the American Legion end veteran suicide.
1: Will you be the one? All right, Alphas, we are back with Ivan Houston. Uh, so excited to have you here. I We're going to talk about some things that. Uh, we, we, have been, we haven't we have talked about much, uh, so I'm, I'm excited to have you here. How are you right now, this very moment?
0: This very moment, I'm doing great. Beautiful day here in Los Angeles, and uh, can't ask for a better group of folks to talk to.
1: I didn't know you were here. Yeah. I'm in Los Angeles. This is exciting. Oh. Yeah. What?
0: should i have a part of la or should i just leave it alone
1: well you know my legions of fans will uh probably you know trample me as i leave my home but i'm in west hollywood
0: okay and i'm in a uh, silver lake
1: oh all right yeah cool and ashley she's in texas and you know out. where most of our neighbors have fled to so <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I i did like my stay in texas when i went to school there so but I had to tell my advisor, since I'm from LA, I said any job back in California, just get me home. <laughs> so <laughs> we complain
1: about the we complain about the several days of hundred degree weather that we get here, and oh. it's like commonplace for them. That's I
0: know. Yeah, I think did Texas and Arizona break a record on heat uh, days?
2: I think yeah. This year, this this was the first year I've lived here, and they said it was one of the hottest years. Mm-hmm record um and i can tell did you she takes
1: credit for that
2: yeah, i brought the yeah.
0: heat <laughs> oh wait did you bring the humidity also i,
2: I well uh it's funny because when i visit i travel a lot i was in florida and it was like the same temperature but i it felt cooler in florida mm-hmm. I was having that extra moisture in the air or what but it's it's intense here it's really intense
1: yeah, I don't. I don't like it. So, what what's going to happen now, uh, Mr. Houston, is that um, con- I'm contractually obligated to let Ashley ask the first question. So, um, please.
2: Way we go! Thank you for being <laughs> here. I'm excited to talk about the the book and the website. Uh, let's start kick it off. It's blackwarriorsbook.com. dot um, But you were not in the military, correct? That is correct but you were the designer and test driver of the bradley fighting vehicle i like to
0: say the bradley the mlrs and the uh humvee for my my my, my three designing uh part of the design team team and test driver for them
2: now i don't know if i am alone in this but when i hear the bradley i think of the pentagon wars uh, the movie back in the, back in the day. How do you feel about that? Was it inaccurate? Was it? Was it? Did it make you mad since you designed it and test drove it?
0: I was uh I well the Bradley had been several incarnations before I came to the company, so ours was the last in, incarnation of the McV, which had turned into the Bradley, and you know it was it it looked like it, but it really wasn't a tank. It was a armored aluminum per, uh, personnel a transport vehicle that had some guns to it, it had a, a 35 millimeter gun and a huge tow on it so it looked like it looked tougher than it really was <laughs> and uh you know it had much problems. like me <laughs> mm-hmm. it it, ha- it had problems but you know it i think it fulfilled more of its mission than it failed there it was uh it was uh it, it was fun for me to work on yeah. Because I, I was designed you know I was designing some of the driver's controls and I got to test drive it in uh in Nevada for six months and in uh Colorado Spring, Fort Carson, Colorado for several months. And it was it was good for somebody like me out of college. As far as a actual military vehicle, I mean it met the uh the army specs, what they wanted.
2: Yeah. As a test driver, what do you try to flip it? like would you really- every everything
0: go down a, uh primary secondary roads uh go down riverbeds i almost rolled it one time in fort carson because it was about two in the morning i was driving down a dirt road no wind whatsoever so the cloud the dirt the dust cloud stayed in place so i had to turn at the end as i'm coming back i'm driving through i can't see more than two feet in front of me all of a sudden the, the vehicle starts tipping over to the left Help. then I realized I'm driving off the road into the riverbed below, so I just knew to pull it back to the right. And I just sat there for about fifteen minutes till the dust cloud went away. and then I uh, was able to drive back to the uh, back to the shed. That was that that and driving across a river uh, in the test vehicle, which had an open cab and hitting the brakes when the wall of water was coming up in front of me was the biggest oh. mistake because the water came right into the cab where I was because I stopped. Had I kept going, it would have kept, it would have blown past me. So it was for a person out of college, it was fun to drive. For a functional military vehicle, it it did its job. It did its job as best as it could. You realize this was 1977 when I was working on the project, and it was a remake of the McVee, which had a horrible testing record back in 1975. So uh Bradley was one vehicle. The MLRS, the multi-launch rocket system, was based on the Bradley uh driving driving train. And it was a much better vehicle. You know, it, it did, it did. I saw that in action in the Iraq war, which was like, wow, that's one of mine.
2: That's so, one of my <laughs> so I,
0: I, I'll take ownership more of the uh MLRS than the uh but the Bradley was, you know, it did its mission as well as it could.
1: Well I would say I and I, I want to make sure that People are there really understand something here. These are these, first of all, the term designer in the army and designer when you're back home in LA are two very different things. You have to say the full sentence here. I was a designer of an in test driver. The breath, because if you just say designer, they're going to be like, and you wore this red polo, <laughs>
0: like,
1: right? Uh, so I, I want to make sure that we get the weight of the okay. contributions there. But I was
0: I, an engineer. I was an engineer, design engineer on the design team.
1: There okay, you was, go, okay. a design engineer in the army. That's how I'm gonna. That's how I'm gonna refer to you now. Okay. They, I've, I've met a design engineer on the team that did the Bradley and the Humvee, M L R S. That sounds. That's that's better. Design engineer. Let me edit okay. this. So let's talk. Let's 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 talk about what your Let's talk about your book. Okay, I'm reading here what your book is about, but I don't want to read what your book is about. I want to hear what your book is about and how it came to be.
0: Well, the book is my dad's book. My dad was uh, Ivan James Houston. He was uh, a World War II Buffalo soldier in the 92nd Division. Um, the famed Buffalo soldiers. As a matter of fact, his father was a Buffalo soldier in the 92nd Division in World War One, stationed in France. So it's kind of like it, it went back. <laughs> surprisingly, it went back far with our family and the military. But the book, the book, this is his second book. Dad's first book was written in 2011 uh, based on the records that he kept from World War II. These were the day to day minutes of what happened every day in their battalion, the 370, 370, 370 fighting team. That's what he kept. Uh, he kept the journal. For he and it, actually a friend of his, brought the journal back to the US. So the journal has been in, been in the closet apparently for years before dad decided to write a story about it because dad was one of the few folks that actually talked about World War II. I have a lot of friends whose parents were in the war and they said, no one ever talked about it. No one ever had, had anything to say about it. So dad wrote the book based on the journal and then his life in Los Angeles before and after the war. Um, you can, in the first book you read about the Jim Crow how they had to put curtains in the train that they were in when they crossed into Texas because they weren't supposed to be in the car with uh the white soldiers very very uh archaic uh ways of thinking nowadays so Dad wrote the first book the first book got a uh, a peek from a lady in uh Italy in Luca Italy because one of the um one of the uh villas or one of the areas that the Buffalo soldiers liberated was this villa called Villa Orsini. Uh, the Orsini family created gay popes to the Italy and Vatican back in the early 13th and 14th centuries. So Mattea, who owns the villa now, which has been renamed Villa La Ghana invited dad to, dad to Italy. So my dad and my sisters and their husbands went, I stayed home because someone had to stay home. <laughs> So, so the first trip was like that. Dad went to Italy. There was a grand reception, a grand reception for him because he was a Buffalo soldier. The Italians in Tuscany, and Dad was in, particularly in a town called Lucca, which is between Florence and Pisa. The, the, the Italians in Tuscany revered the Buffalo soldiers. They loved them because they liberated the entire area. This is a group of Black soldiers that freed a whole area in Italy and in a good part of Italy from the fascists and the Nazis. Yet these black soldiers went back to the US and technically weren't freed. You know, there were still laws that, you know, uh, the Jim Crow laws. So the book highlighted that trip and dad loved it so much. He kept going back to Italy, back to Lucca. And every year he went to Lucca, they honored him because he was representing the Buffalo Soldiers. Who liberated them? They teach about the Buffalo soldiers in the schools in in Tuscany. They don't teach about them here, but they teach about them there. So every year, Dad went back. He was able to talk to city council members. He was able to talk to different regions. In Italy, there are these social clubs and reenactor clubs called Linea Gotica, or Gothic Line Associated Clubs. There's Linea Gotica Lucchese, which is in Lucca, Linea, Gatica Brancoli, which is up in the hills in Brancoli, all these areas were liberated by Buffalo soldiers. So they, they, every year they dress up as Buffalo soldiers in World War II uniforms, driving World War II trucks and Jeeps, and then they drive into these different cities and liberate them as Buffalo soldiers. So hmm. Over the years, dad has been going to these things He's actually led led the procession a few times. He's been in the front jeep driving into the city. So every year, he's been basically paraded to different regions in Tuscany. And every year, they honor him because these, these regions were liberated. So dad decided to write a second book. And the second book was all of the receptions and all of the things he experienced going back to Italy from 2012 to 2019. Mind you, his last trip was 2019 and he passed away six months after that trip. But that trip, all of our family was able to go. He liberated the, you know, the city of Lucca. they liberated it, they liberated it. Um, Dad led a procession in the city, which they call the Festival of Light. He and the mayor were leading the procession and there had to be maybe 5,000 people behind dad and the mayor, And the procession was um, to highlight this statue, this Jesus on the cross called Volto Santo, which is, if you look at the pictures, and it's in the book, it's black Jesus. It's a black statue of Jesus that's been in Luca since the 15th century. And there's a whole story on how it got there, but they recognized it as black Jesus. So dad led this procession into this into this cathedral. And dad was, you know, he was slowing down in 2019. And but dad had enough gumption to walk, was able to walk a mile, you know, in this procession to liberate this, liberate this city. So the second book really highlights everything that happened between 2012 and 2019 with dad. And then I added a portion to um Show the Italians at least four or five of the Italians that were impacted by Dad. They added a section into the back of the book, and then one of the final things I was able to put into the book was my last trip to Brancoli, Italy, where I was. They have a room dedicated to Dad, the Ivan James Houston room in the uh, uh, Brancoli World War II Museum, and I was able to donate some of the Dad's World War II memorabilia to the museum. So. You know, it's something I'm I'm really really proud of. I was it took me forever to finish the book. My bad. You know, Dad was really impactful in my life, and uh, but Dad was sharp until the very end. You just don't know. You know, his body was failing him, but he was on point all the way till the day before he passed, which was honestly very 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 helpful for me. And my sister, because he was be able to articulate and tell us okay don't forget this don't forget to do this <laughs> oh. and he, looked, he looked at me and said don't forget to finish the book
2: you got that, oh, wow. that baton
1: he gave mm-hmm. you a chore well, that's, yeah that's I had a,
0: I he, he was he was good at chores but you know he it wasn't anything I wasn't going to do I was oh. I was going to do it I was going to finish it best thing about finishing the book which was finished uh, in August was I was able to get the Italian version finished and it's been on Amazon right now. It finished and was published while I was in Italy two weeks ago. So, oh, so oh. everything worked. Everything worked out well.
1: Okay, I want to. I'm going to jump in here uh, because while we may we're definitely not teaching that in our our school systems. There is a resurgence of. Uh, this information happening. And Mm -hmm. you're here in Southern California, I can tell you at my American Legion post, we do uh, a a black history thing every Mm -hmm. year. And we've had we've had Buffalo soldiers there. Mm -hmm. And uh, Iron Riders. Mm -hmm. um, um, In fact, in Newport, are where a lot of those uh, Iron Rider uh, reenact, And they've been on this show. Mm -hmm. Right here, so we're gonna have to find a link to that episode and link and sync it with yours. I have no problem doing
0: that. That'd be a great idea. Yeah,
1: yeah. So in so in this book, yeah. If you can, so how 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 does is it a is it autobiographical? Is it historical? Is it
0: it's 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 both. How does it read? (laughs) I get I I you know, reading it and, and now describing it is difficult at best because I've read it and reread it so many times because I read it, dad wrote it. So I had to read it and make sure I wasn't in my, I even think mode of doing, you know, cause I'm an engineer. So, you know, I, I cut and cut, cut and clip things, you know, it's like I, I short talk a lot of things, but um, reading the book, you know, the first part of the book really highlights the first, his first book. It shows the history of the Buffalo Soldiers. And that's well. I, that's what I liked about it because if you read it as he was originally planning it, it would have been almost like a travelogue. I went to this, sir. They had honored me. Here are pictures of this and describing the area. And so, but the first part of the book really describes what happened in the first book, what happened during the war. So it gives a good background. of, It shortened. It basically is his first book in maybe twenty pages. That's what dad did at the beginning of the book. The back half of the book is broken down to every year that he went to Italy. And I was there most of those years. So I've been, I've been there, I think, uh, seven times now in since 2013 for me. Because, uh, like I said, my sisters traveled in 2012. So every year it highlights what happened that year, what what he did, meeting, who he met, where he went. I mean, there was a lot of areas where he. Reenacted some of the scenes that were in the uh National Archive photos. There's one picture of dad in Viareggio, where there's a picture of General Mark Clark reviewing the black soldiers in front of this hotel. So we reenacted that photo with my father reviewing some of the Italian reenactors in the same post in front of the same hotel. Yeah in Viareggio and Viareggio is in uh is in Tuscany it's right on the Ligurian city and it's just south of the uh, Gothic line which is at the Chinqualla now, probably about uh 20 miles north of Viareggio and as the crow flies Viareggio is 15 miles west of Lucca. one of dad's things he said while he was in the war is he didn't realize the ocean was so close the, the, the water was so close because he came in via Rome, and then they went up the center of they went up the center of uh, Italy, all the way up to Tuscany. So he didn't realize the water was just right there. He, he would have he said he would have enjoyed it better, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, but okay, so the honestly, the book kind of reads like I said, background history, then almost like a travel of everything that he's done for the past nine years that have been related to the Buffalo Soldiers. One of the things that he did do was in the year I was there, we have a documentary called With One Tied Hand. Uh, And it's on dad's website, so you can download it and watch it for free. But uh, the documentary really, the book and the documentary almost go hand in hand to a point where the documentary shows dad driving in the Jeep into the town, dad talking about what happened during the war. You can see a lot of the people who are in the book are in the documentary. So it, it, they, it they pretty well go together. And as I said, the documentary is for free on the website. And uh, I uh, had it dubbed in Italian. One of our visits there in 2019, which was the last visit, was we had a whole big uh, town meeting in the media center. We were able to show the documentary for the town, which they loved. We had people, we had, you know, city representatives, uh, mayors, uh, we had somebody from the uh, U.S. diplomatic corps was there, uh, commander of Camp Darby was there, and so on and so forth. So we showed the documentary. And one thing I did do for that, and I learned it myself, was to have it done. I had it. I had I had subtitles put in. So the English speakers had Italian subtitles. The Italian subtitles had English speakers. So.
1: Trying to um, teach you something.
0: Yeah. So I, I, le- I learned editing to put that <laughs> to put that together. So uh, it was it was just one of the wonderful things that are highlighted in the book. I mean, when you see that, you'll see that when you read the book, you kind of see that there are people who are appreciative of the U.S. soldiers, but especially the U.S. black soldiers at that time. I mean, there, you know, it wasn't, it was bad, but there was some good out of it. Well,
1: I'm going to say that I just so the listener, I'm, I'm, Not trying to stomp on you, Ashley. Um, <laughs> uh, the it's blackwarriorsbook.com. and I just went there, and I I will say that I now know uh, something in Italian. I I went to the documentary and it said with one yeah. with one yeah. tied hand, and then beneath yeah. it it says Con una mano legata. Now when I go to Italy, I'm yeah. not going to know how to say where's the bathroom or more pasta, please, but I will be able to say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat with con una mano legata. With you got one it. Type. So you that's got it. great.
0: You got it. One of the co- cool things we did uh, with dad going to Luca and Italy so much is that they ran you down, dad walking down the street and they yell at him. They go, first, when he first got there, you know, he wore his World War II hat, World War II veteran hat. And they were saying, Buffalo, 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 because they realized how old he was. They, they recognized him as a Buffalo soldier. But after going there so many times, he's walking down the street. Now it's Houston. Houston. Because he, nice. he 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 was recognized and he was loved there, which kind of like why I still continue to go there. Because it's a it, one, it's Italy and the, it's a beautiful country. And two, they love dad. So you know, I gotta love him back. And we have a lot of friends there now. Thank you, know, that really thanks to dad's goodwill. And we we were not the ugly Americans there. It was a good time for us.
2: Yeah, I um, it's I'm glad that you're telling the story and getting the documentary out because I I have friends that came over from Italy and that one of the reasons why they support the U.S. military so heavily they told me was because of how of what happened with the Americans during during these wars and how they mm-hmm. saved. I mean, that's their words that they wouldn't be here, they wouldn't be alive, they yeah. wouldn't have have the life that they had if it wasn't for the Americans. So that was uh very powerful for me here. So I'm glad that you're keeping this, keeping this going.
0: Yeah. You know, it, you know, dad's thing was, you know, he, he knew documentaries don't make money and he also knew the book probably wouldn't make any money, but he, the story was important to him to get out. And he wanted, he wanted more people to know because the, on the first book, dad and I were able to do a lot of book tours. I was able to go with him on a lot of book tours and, you know, dad was very, very first in what he experienced, he was very easy for him to articulate it from the many book tours we went in and went to and went on. I, I even learned more and more about World War II and what dad experienced than I would have known just sitting there with dad because you have different audience members wanting to ask those questions. And, you know, they asked questions I hadn't thought of. And I went, oh, that's a dad's dad was right on point. He's like, yeah, on this day, you know, so and so, and this happened there, and you know, oh, that, oh, that's a picture of so and so. So it was a, it was a good experience for me, uh, learning, really learning so much about World War II, but learning what, learning more about that because I thought I knew him. No, I knew him pretty well. You know, he and I were like great friends, but I got to know him even more, which uh, was really helpful for me. That's
1: wonderful. Pete. They do say you, your parents are different people than the person you met, you know, before uh, they had children. So I w- I want to ask a question, but I want to get a little context before you answer it. I'm gonna ask about the the train, the train piece that you told us had the curtain closed, because I I believe it was here at some point that we discussed a, a story about uh, during this time that uh with nazis with the actual german nazis not i'm not colloquial calling anybody who's a bad person a nazi an actual uh card-carrying political nazi from germany they were some of their pow's were brought back here and were housed in the south and they had they had black soldiers guarding them and while guarding the enemy the the nazi white soldiers could go into a restaurant but their guards had to wait outside for them and the nazis made the observation about how poorly americans treated the people that they thought you know they were fighting were inferior so and they're like it was the attitude like we're the bad guys we would never do that like um it was it was it was kind of it was weird to hear somebody uh you know articulate that experience so it, is are any of those kinds of stories in this book or uh,
0: uh yeah they were You, uh in the first book uh dad talks about how they did have a uh, a uh, prisoner of war in their in their in their encampment and uh they, they you know, like, like as you said, they were they were treated very nicely. They were treated nicely. Um, the German Nazis were treated nicely uh, as prisoner of war. You know, as it can be. You know, you're a fighter. You can you you you, 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 you they were treated humanely. Nice. Let's just say that. And uh, but one of the things they used to do was let the guy out because apparently he was a great chess player. So they brought. So they they're bringing this this uh, Nazi into the in camp, and they're sitting up there playing chess with the guy because, well, he he knew his he knew chess very well, and I think I don't know my dad. My dad didn't play chess at those times, but they they, they had some members uh, from the west coast, uh, uh, some members of uh, African Americans from the west coast who were really into chess. Play play the guy and. Um, they played them well, and I believe uh, the uh, black soldiers won every time. But when you look at some of the pictures in the first book, you will see that they treated the soldier. You know, they have the, the German prisoner in a jeep being escorted out of the city in a jeep, while mm-hmm. everyone else, while the black soldiers are behind him walking. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's. I I just, you know, in this day, you know, I try not to think of it. In this day and age, when I think of things like that, it's just ridiculous. Back in that, back in that time, it was more. It was probably as not as accessible. It probably wasn't good then, but we articulate more about it. We talk about it more now. Back in those days, you just really couldn't say anything because you know you're you're doing your job. You're a soldier. You have to follow orders. You have to do. Do what they say to do, no matter how ridiculous the order could have been. I mean, case in point, I think dad was telling me his last day in the war when the war ended. I think it was in a, uh either Petra Santa or Pontremoli. And they were in the uh, and we have pictures of that there in 2018, uh But all you have all these black soldiers in the middle of the town square firing off their guns. You know, he's had the wars of wars over the, war. Well, the their commander. Refused to come outside because, you know, because he didn't treat them well. Okay. He didn't treat them well. But, you know, he treated them just below what a soldier, I think, should be treated. Am I looking at him at the day's eyes? And um, he was afraid to come out while they were celebrating because he didn't want to get shot. Because yeah. he, he, he,
2: he knew what he had done wrong.
1: He knew what he'd done.
2: Yeah. Exactly. And before
1: we, before we leave that topic, I just want to. I just want to point out and I'd be remiss if I didn't do a little American Legion commercial. Uh, and somebody else reminded me of this just a couple days ago in America, the American Legion in the American Legion, women and minorities could vote for their national commander before they could vote for their president of the United States of America. I just want to wow. put that out there. We are trailblazing it because we get a lot of flack. Sometimes it's, not uh it's not really widely justified there are pockets obviously of 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 people that behave badly when you have you know millions of people you're gonna have people that behave badly but the organization allowed equal status to women and minorities including the right to vote in the organization before the united states did uh ashley do you have any uh final questions comments
2: I just want to say thank you so much for continuing the story and your dad sounds like he was a wonderful person and I'm excited to check out your website, blackwarriorsbook.com and um, continue the discussion.
0: I, you know, I really appreciate, you know, being able to share, you know, a little bit. I, I think I shared more myself than I did my dad at the beginning, but um, as I said, the uh, book is out online on Amazon, the uh, website, dad's website, blackwarriorsbook.com. You can see you can link to the book. Or download the movie, watch the video. It's it's a you know it's fifty three minutes of something you probably don't know about, and uh, it it I think it'll make you proud. To a point, it it highlights my dad and uh, a big gentleman he met much later in life named Andy Collard, who uh, was also a Buffalo Soldier. And then what's interesting is my my nephew married the grandson married her grandfather was a Buffalo Soldier apparently on the same ship as my dad when they oh. went to when they went to Rome. So you know there there are a few there are a few good there are a lot of good men out there. When you talk about the American Legion, I have to say that I have a picture of my grandfather probably in 1923 uh, at an American Legion event where they're handing out buttons to uh, folks mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. So you know, lamp. So they're handing out buttons. There's dad, granddad with his American Legion hat and his friends with their hats on. And the coolest thing is right next door to where they're handing out the button, is my wife's grandmother's beauty salon, which, you know, I didn't, be, I didn't know my wife's grandmother. We, we, didn't, we, we just crossed, our families crossed paths in 1923. It's, it's wow. just kind of amazing. But, you know, I know that good the American Legion does. Like I said, my dad and grandfather and my uncle Norman was in the uh, military were well, members, members of it. I don't know how far back it goes. I don't know if my, uh, great, great, great grandfather, BF Talbot. Uh, he was a, uh, in the colored infantry in the world in civil war. I don't know if the American Legion goes back that far, but if if it was, he would have been a member.
1: Yeah. Well, just to let you know, you are eligible to be in our sons of the American Legion. And if you want to join, uh, my post first year's dues on me, I just said it there. Wow. I, I don't do. even buy I I don't even buy people rounds ever. But I would uh I would I would pay for your first year of I, membership. I,
0: I appreciate that. Like I said, this is uh, just an opportunity news for me to get a story out there that hasn't been though. It's not as popular as a Tuskegee Airman. and I've had lots of Tuskegee Airmen friends and sons. You know
1: sons. pilots.
0: <laughs>
1: they but, get all but, the but, pilots get all the but, glory.
0: But my dad was on the ground and even my dad told me, and I didn't like to walk. And he was in the infantry.
1: (laughs) Right. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. It's blackwarriorsbook.com. Not only can you find the book there, but you can find the documentary and anything that teaches me something just from the cover photo. I know how to say con uno mano legata," and uh, I'm gonna try to use that whenever I can. Uh, thank you again so much for uh, sharing your 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 story and your father's story, and don't minimize your story because your story is uh, phenomenal as well. What we're gonna do next is we're gonna take a quick little break. We're gonna come back, and we are gonna talk about what uh ivan houston has spoke with us about and we're going to do that as i said right after the break
0: to look out for those that served we must be relentless to influence washington to do the right thing not just for our veterans but for the country we must be organized to inspire the next generation of leaders we must be united we must be legion the american legion join today at legion.org slash join
1: welcome back alphas we're so glad that you are still with us ashley what are your takeaways from today
2: oh my goodness uh what a great story so glad that he's telling it and carrying on his father's legacy and also the it's so interesting that he designed and tested the bradley and almost flipped it
1: and almost flipped it yeah that's which i i, I think is a good test like they now know the limits of that thing or where the envelope is to push it. And he got to push it. That's amazing to me. So uh, thank you for uh, coming on here and, and discussing some pieces of history of both yourself and your father. I think it's admirable to take on the task of uh, educating the, both the interested and disinterested, right? It's, it's, it's quite the task. So Um, And I've had, you know, personal exposure to uh, uh, at least one Buffalo soldier, one actual surviving Buffalo soldier and uh, lots of people who work in that space, including the people at Newport uh, Harbor that uh, do the Iron Riders. And again, we have we did an episode on them, so. I'm sure that's going to find its way in the show notes if it hasn't already uh all right we're we're going on to you know the thing the thing that we do here is we jump right into rapid fire rapid fire number one free career guidance for veterans from america's top companies va news American Corporate Partners, or ACP, connects post-9-11 veterans with corporate professionals for customized career guidance. Veterans find meaningful employment outcomes, whether a higher-paying job or a promotion. The average starting salary for veterans who use ACP is $93,000. That's average, my friends. The program helps veterans find great jobs. The first time acp is a national nonprofit organization dedicated to helping military veterans make connections in the civilian workforce since 2010 nearly 30,000 veterans have found success through acp apply today there's a link you're good to go and donate to the american legion when you start making 100 grand
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so you you have a soon-to-be veteran are you gonna send them over there or is he gonna just walk over to the airline.
2: Nope, not going to the airlines. He's gonna work for the Ashley Gudamuth Corporation. Oh.
1: He's
2: gonna be my bodyguard. He's gonna make me salads. Um Is he really
1: not at all considering
2: the airlines? No, hates it.
1: Hates it. Okay.
2: Hates it. He does not want to do it. Um it's a hard life. You know, you're they make a lot of money, but they um uh you know, you're it's not it's, you're not a well you don't live well i guess they should say okay. you know his dad did it like he's not not interested
1: or a civilian contractor to the air force nothing
2: he, like i that? mean he could do it i don't really want him to, I want him to be... <laughs> then
1: he won't do it
2: oh that's right that's right i want him right to, he can um you know he can i want him to do things that make him happy because he's done you... he's in the military for forever 30 some years things yeah. that you really want to do
1: what and making you happy is what's going to make him happy yes, that uh, is, yes. I've heard something like that on it I saw it on a t-shirt mm-hmm. happy happy wife happy life something like that um okay rapid fire number two U.S Army Mariners mm-hmm. rescue a man clinging to a plastic lid in the middle of the ocean this comes from marineinsight.com not Marine like United States Marine Corps marine like the seas. All right. On September 1, a fisherman was saved by US Army mariners aboard 174 foot long USAV Palo Alto heading to Australia from Japan. The man was found hanging onto a plastic cooler lid 10 miles off the western coast of Obi Island, Indonesia. The fisherman had been holding onto a plastic lid the size of a boogie board for many hours after his boat sank 10 miles from the land. The crew then pulled the Indonesian fisherman from the water and took him to the ship's medic, Christy Moore, who examined him. He was found to be hungry, dehydrated, and fatigued. He was given clothes, food, and water. They also used Google translate to communicate with the man. Uh, then they, the, the chief warrant officer who's the skipper, which I didn't know that a warrant officer could have command. Um, but I also didn't know Army had mariners. Uh, they said He said they practiced those drills regularly. And, you know, they jumped into action, saved the guy's life. They got a plaque from Indonesia and all that. It was amazing. So good job, Army mariners. I didn't even know you existed. And you're freaking heroes right here in this story. So.
2: And they use Google Translate to communicate with them. That's so cool to me. First of all, that they have that in the middle of the ocean, but also... <laughs> Can I'm use sure it's
1: it beam down
2: to translate and saving lives. Imagine how scary that must be to just be out there boogie boarding. <laughs> <he's>, like, <laughs> like, what if they pulled them on and he was like, "I was just surfing." Like, let me back in. <laughs> it is life. kind
1: of, and, and I'm serious. I, I, if someone out there was an army mariner please. So hung up on this. <laughs> I am. I want to suggest a guest right now. I want an army mariner. And why the heck didn't you join the Navy? I just feel like you'd get to do more of that there. I just feel like it. Like uh,
2: told somebody in the army to join the Navy. Wow. They are going to slap you in their face. They're going to come be a guest just so they No, can- they're
1: not because they're army. and They know better. Whoop. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I just feel I, I just feel like I don't, that's something new to me. I did not know this. Did not know that. And it's a good thing that they were there or this fisherman would just be a missing person for a really long time. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move with We command... Oh, she's quoting. Army's fleet of seagoing... See? Army's fleet of seagoing vessels? I didn't know this was a thing. And they have enough to call it a fleet. That's crazy. I don't understand. I don't know what's happening. Um. All right, let's go on to rapid fire number three va recreation therapist leads yak and yarn group this is from the va news look how holly got super excited super producer holly if you don't know is a master uh, of the yarn she weaves she weaves and manipulates yarn like no one ever Jace? it's she, she knits apparently um okay
2: so knit and natter they could be
1: right there you go yak and yarn. yak and yarn that's amazing each tuesday a small group of veterans dubbed the yak and yarn meet at the grounds for celebration cafe to knit or crochet while sharing conversation and coffee the meetup is an opportunity for camaraderie and a chance to engage in a shared hobby my favorite part is the friendships and connecting says tammy reynolds who served as a hydraulics mechanic in the united states marine corps we can talk about anything with each other we have the commonality of the military stress related things we have trouble with her often because of the military so we understand each other nice to know that we all have that in common and we can all relate very well i've made really great friends i want to i want to yak it i kind of want to yak and yarn i mean i don't i don't know how to do
2: He'll teach any you. Any of
1: the magic of twisting yarn, but uh, I don't know. I think it might be fun. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think it's great because they, they're not just saying we're going to get together and talk. There's, there's uh, something else going on that you can be preoccupied with at the same time.
1: You think that assists in the communal therapy
2: thing? As I sit here what? squeezing Play-Doh. Yes. <laughs>
1: I wonder if that's uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Des Moines, look out! Uh, please allow super producer Holly to join your Y and Y group. Okay, um, yak and yarn. I feel like West LA needs to do that too. West LA, I know you're listening because the VA is our number one fan. Um, okay, so Holly, um, I'm expecting I'm expecting big things out of you with yak and yarn. Ashley, I'm expecting you to save us from ourselves and take us home.
2: Everybody, don't forget to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you consume podcasts. Please leave us a review and give us a big old five-star rating. Otherwise, I'm going to change your internet algorithm and I'm going to turn it into something so unbelievably abhorrent to whatever your wife's values are. So that whenever she just picks up your phone and she's like, hey, I'm just going to look at something on Steve's phone here. And then she's like, oh, my God, Steve, you're into this. Is this what you wanted? Is this is this the life that you wanted to lead? I don't know what that is for you, but I'm going to figure it out for each and every one of you. Five stars or I'm coming.
1: Wow. Wow. That'd be like if you got into my algorithm and just made it all Buckeye. Yep. That would be not an amazing experience for me. Just mm-hmm. so you know, so I'm going to, uh, after we're done here, I'm going to, I'm going to make a new account and I'm going to give it five stars again, just to shield myself. That's right. You are not a wrath
2: but you order. know what, if you do have a guest recommendation, go to legion.org forward slash Tango Alpha Lima, click on suggest a guest. And maybe it could be some sort of like anti-hacker that could try to keep me out. But remember, <laughs> I've got other ways.
1: And she can out charm the anti-hacker probably <laughs> better than you.
2: I can lie real good.
1: Yeah. And don't suggest against her husband because he, apparently he's going to say no. But maybe if he felt like he was in high demand, he might want to give back to the people. I don't that would know.
2: make him say no faster.
1: <laughs> What's that?
2: That would make him say no faster. I will not give to the people.
1: All right, Alphas, we have enjoyed spending time with you this week. We hope that you learned something. We hope that you were entertained a little bit. And we hope that uh, you have some thought-provoking ideas swirling around in your brain. And really, we hope that you walk out of this wanting to talk about Tango Alpha Lima and the American Legion. There are so few Alphas in this world. You are a special breed. So I want you to go out and recruit more of them. Like you were recruited into the military No, don't do it that way. Uh just go out there and find us some more alphas so that we can uh work together as veterans, strengthening America. Wow. And with that I'm going to declare season four, episode one, eight, two, mission complete.